Bora come from behind to maul the Tigers in a six-minute rout to win three goals to one and seal a place in the playoffs. It's the Uruguayan curl to one in. What is up guys, Matthew here, welcome back to another episode of Project Borough. Today I'm going to be discussing Borough's 3-1 win over Hull City at the Riverside on Wednesday evening, a 3-1 win which sealed Borough's playoff spot. It took a while, I think the the thoughts among most fans on for Wednesday night after the game was that we weren't quite there. I mean, we were there, but mathematically, you know, there was still a mad possibility that teams could still catch us. Um, and all the media outlets, the club said nothing. Um, Luton announced that they'd got playoffs, and we thought, oh, we're going to have to wait a couple of days. One more point, we'll do it. Um, and then it took a couple of hours, I think. Someone must have worked it out from somewhere. Um, and the club then did announce the day after that Borough had, in fact, um, yeah, seal the plough place uh, due to some crazy permutations, which I'll get on to because I've not even really wrapped my head around it either. But um, Borough have done it. They did win 3-1 at home at Hull in a game which was very tough in the first half, especially. Um, now, both sides had plenty of chances in the first half. Um, we had uh, a chance here to hit the post. Cameron Archer shot just wide. Foss also brought a good save out of Cardalo in, in, in the whole City goal. But at the other end, they forced saves out of Stefan as well. Um, they had a couple of really good chances. Um, can't remember which one of their players it was who had a really, really good chance. Pelkas it was. Lovely 1-2 on the edge of the uh, Borough area. And, um, you know, he somehow put the ball wide. I mean, I just had to slide it into either corner. And it would have been 1-0 Hull. So both teams had chances in the first half. But undoubtedly, um, Hull City were the better team in the first half. And it was really strange um, to watch, really. I sort of was watching Hull. And I was seeing a lot of Borough in what Hull were doing. You know, they were starving us of the ball. Playing really good, neat football. Really good possession football. They were really slick going forward as well. And for a team who, uh, you know, one of only three teams, I think, as it stands, who are actually guaranteed to be in the championship next season, given this crazy league, they are literally mid-table mediocrity and have nothing to play for. And credit to them. Um, First half, Hull were fantastic. Um, They rang rings around Borough, if I'm brutally honest. Um, I was sat there in the stand just... In awe of what they were doing, um, you know, it wasn't just that Hull were great. Borough weren't great at all. We were very slow, very lacklustre. Um, we just didn't seem quite sharp. We weren't closing them down. We sort of liked to. We just seemed content to sit back and allow Hull to, to pass the ball around, and they did create numerous chances from it. And uh, we just didn't look at it in the first half. So. A goal was coming, if I'm brutally honest, and uh, Hull did get that goal on 41 minutes. It actually came from a set piece, which was probably the most disappointing thing. Um, a corner, an in-swinger, I think it was, from the right-hand side. And Syed, Syed Manesh um, with a near-post flick. Very good header. Um, Stefan could have maybe done better with it, I think, if Giles had stayed on the line. 
he may have been able to clear it, but yeah, always disappointing conceding from a set piece. And, um, you know, my view at half-time was that Hull deserved it. Um, it it, kind of had been coming. We weren't posing much of a threat. You know, we had sort of moments rather than anything. You know, we weren't dominant for for a prolonged five, ten-minute period. It was very much a moment. Um, And then Hull would be back in control again. And um, we'd have a moment and then Hull would be in control again. And they very much deserved their lead at at half-time. And, um, you know, it was a bit of a shock to see. Um, Bora 1-0 down and not looking really like scoring um, you know for the highest scorers in the league can't believe I'm saying that still about Bora um, but Michael Carrick had um, you know has never had a game at the Riverside um, in charge of Bora where we've not scored yet so even at half time I was sat there thinking Bora will get a goal we just will it's what we do and um, I was sat in the stand with, with my friend Johnny who um, is the host of the Borough Breakdown podcast and he said something to me which I kind of agreed with and that was that all Borough needed to do in that second half was flick the switch and um, you know we've seen against you know uh, we saw it against Norwich we've seen it against numerous teams Borough just seemed to have a flurry in game where they just blow teams away in a 5, 10, 15 minute period where we just get quick fire goals, 1, 2, 3 and before you know it, a team who was relatively in the game has been knocked to the floor and they're out for the count and um, that's exactly what happened here and I agree with what he said to me, if Borough got one, we would win the game, if we equalised, we would go on and win the game. And uh, that exactly is what happened. And it didn't take us too long, 55 minutes. Borough did get their equaliser. Come out, different side, second half. Um, We were on the front foot. We were dominating. We were starving Hull of the ball. They were the ones who couldn't get near us. Um, And you can see by the momentum, um, compared to the first half, Hull had barely anything in the second half. We, We didn't give them a sniff. And it come from the right hand side. And before I get into the goals, um, I have to just say, we had two, again, it's not great, two injury-inflicted changes at half-time. Tommy Smith was one. Don't know the severity of his. They did bring a stretcher out at first, but then he finished the first half anyway and was then subbed off. So I kind of feel like if they had, if it was really severe, they would have just took him off straight away, but they let him play the final like five minutes of the half. Um, so I feel like... It was a precaution for Tommy Smith. Uh, Marcus Force, not too sure. Of course, he had um, recovered from a dead leg in the previous game to start this one. So, fingers crossed they're both okay. But it introduced two names that Borough fans have not seen in the team for a very long time. Two names who were crucial in the Chris Wilderborough team of last season on that right-hand side. And they were fantastic, both of them, last season. Isaiah Jones... And Anthony Dykesteel. Now, Isaiah Jones was probably the best attacking player in the championship last season. And has suffered second season syndrome, I'd say, this season. In the sense that he set himself such ridiculous expectations in his breakthrough season. He was never going to live up to it, live up to that this season. And maybe people expected that of him. Maybe he put too much pressure on himself. But... He's not had great form at all this season. He's been a shadow of of his former self, which you'd expect with young players. And Borough fans had written him off, um, said we should have sold him, you know, get rid of him. You know, and he's he's simply not been a part of any of the plans under Michael Carrick. Um, He has had a kid 
apparently it's been tough for him as he's a very young lad so you can understand you know personal things in life like that have to take priority and and Carrick seems like the sort of manager who would really sort of you know listen to that and and would take care of that situation and act upon it and wouldn't ignore it and force him to do anything he wouldn't want to do and you know he's been out the team for a while maybe it's because he just needed to get his head right I don't know but Isaiah Jones come back in here as did Dyke Steele who was one of my favourite players he was under the Wilder system um, he's a great defender fantastic at getting and winning the ball back and is quite good on the ball himself so the right hand side completely changed in the second half we had two players come on Dyke Steele at right back Jones at right wing who hadn't played in months really and they both transformed this game. Um, nothing against Force, nothing against Tommy Smith. They've both been unbelievable and were doing a good enough job in this game. But their injuries kind of were a blessing in disguise because in bringing Dyke Steele and, and Jones on, and at first I was a bit like, oh God, you know, how is this going to go? These two haven't played in a while. They were absolutely incredible in that second half. And it's just a credit to both of them, you know, that they've been out for so long. They've come back in, they've not sulked, they've not, you know, kicked and screamed or whatever. They've come in, they've waited for their chance, and boy, did they take that chance. And it is just a credit to, I guess, Michael Carrick's man management that he can, um, you know, he, he can keep these players, you know, their heads up. He can keep making them feel involved so that when they are called upon, they are ready. And it's a credit to both of the lads' attitudes that they've been able to come in and make this impact. And... It come from the right-hand side, first of all. Great play down the right-hand side. Isaiah Jones playing a ball across uh, into Hayden Hackney. First of all, Tuber Akpom holding the ball up. What a through ball to Jones. Great cross from him. Hackney, great first-time effort deflected into the back of the net. His second goal in two home games. Playing in a more advanced role as well, um, given um, the injury to, to Aaron Ramsey. Hackney played further forward. Mawak come in for where Hackney normally plays. And it's great to see Hackney on the score sheet again. He's took to that new position really, really well. And um, it's just great to see Borough have such strength and depth. Um, you know, at times before in the past, these injuries to key players would cripple us. But we've got so much strength and depth. I mean, Alex Mowat started here. Um, we had another injury, second half. Paddy McNair went off, but then Johnny Howson slipped into centre-back and was probably even better at centre-back than Paddy was and Crooks come into midfield and slotted in. I mean, we've got so many players who can come in and move around and we just look no weaker than we had before. It's a blessing to have the squad we do um, and Hackney playing in that more advanced role with a great finish to make it one each. And then it only took three minutes for Borough to take the lead and this was a different kind of goal and a huge, huge um, round of applause for Zach Steffen who, you know, Borough just seemed to just well, Borough fans seem to just have it in for any goalkeeper we have. And we've had a bad, you know, a bad record of goalkeepers in recent years. You know, Guzan, Crikey, Bettinelli, Lumley. Um, you know, goalkeepers that have, you know, give Borough fans a reason to, I guess, not be quite happy with them. But, you know, Stefan, you know, he's, he's only grown more and more as the season's gone on. He's a crucial part to how we play. And, you know, this shows that... Not only is he good at distributing the ball, you know, out to his wing backs or whatever, or his full backs or into midfield. This was a long, straight, you know, it's route one 
down the middle, great ball through to Archer, and I've said this before, for a player of his size, the strength of this kid is ridiculous. He outpaces, outstrengths the defender, much bigger than him, gets around him, and does what Cameron Archer does, and that is finish beautifully. I mean, I said it in the last episode, I'll say it again, one of the best finishes we've had at Middlesbrough in years. I mean, I just am never in doubt when he is in front of goal. Just a great ball forward, great play from Archer, and a wonderful finish on the end of it. I, I'm falling in love with Cameron Archer. Don't fall in love with a lone player. I am more than in love with this man. Um, and he's been incredible for us. Absolutely unbelievable in recent weeks. 58th minute, 2-1 up. And then another three minutes later, it was three. And of course, you cannot have a Borough goal-scoring route without the man himself, Tuberak Pom, who broke the record here for the most consecutive goals scored in home fixtures in the championship he's now scored in nine nine home matches in a row for borough nine consecutive games at home he scored which is a new record for the championship brilliant from him and what a finish as well you know he was he had his back to goal pretty much you know again down the right jones again second assist of the day akpom just turns and he doesn't even look he just knows where the goal is just fires it in the bottom corner and within six minutes Borough had blitzed Hull completely and to be fair you know the half went on Tuba should have had another one maybe two we could have ended up winning this game by four five six seven um the second half was seriously and I mean seriously impressive from Borough you know to to, to have such a poor first half and just flick that switch and to have almost demolished a very decent side in the second half was credit to this team. They are absolutely amazing. Um, absolutely amazing. So, all-round great performances from Borough. Um, a couple of players, obviously the three who went off, you know, had average ratings, but everyone pretty much played their part. They were all absolutely amazing, especially the guys who come on like Dyke Steele and Jones. Um, Borough mostly, def- you know, um, you know, dominated possession-wise. We had two and a half expected goals, so we near enough hit that. Um, Hull, just under one expected goals, but I mean, 21 shots, four big chances. Um, the second half was just an absolute rout from Borough. Um, and a really, really good win for us. And um, it is a result, eventually. Uh, it took some time, but it guaranteed that Borough did um, indeed secure a playoff place. And in, in and around us, Luton drew. Um, in their match a bit of a surprise they drew to Reading especially with Reading having 10 men but we were third briefly until Luton equalised later on so we're only a point behind them now Um, Millwall lost so they've lost ground on us the gap to fifths now nine points which is huge for us in terms of having that advantage going into the second leg being third or fourth and Blackburn drew as well they're on a bit of a Difficult run as well, um, and uh, very much hanging on to a playoff place with West Brom just behind them after a pretty uh, impressive away win once again from West Brom, albeit it was away to Blackpool. And um, yeah, the chase for the playoffs just remains a little bit ridiculous, to be honest with you. Um, West Brom are the only team fighting for the playoffs who won. Um, it just seems like no one wants this playoff spot. Um, Sunderland had it for a brief moment. They ended up dropping points to Huddersfield. Coventry come back to draw in their game. Um, they were playing um, Blackburn, it was, so that's who they dropped points to. 
with a 90th minute winner, uh, 90th minute equaliser by Coventry's goalkeeper, no less. So, you know, you're looking at, at who we might play and, um, you know, third and fourth could quite easily flip. So, us and Luton are sort of sat there pretty in the playoffs, just looking down, wondering who the hell we're going to play in the playoffs. And at the minute, it could be anyone from Preston all the way up to Millwall. It's bonkers. It's absolutely bonkers. You know, with three games to go for most of these sides, I think Watford are out of it now. It's, um, you know, the number of teams is getting closer and smaller, but um, I still have no idea who we're going to play in the playoffs. Um, Millwall look a little bit shaky. Blackburn do as well. I've never been convinced by them. West Brom was my prediction. That's kind of coming true, but I still think there could be another team who breaks in and it could be Coventry. It could be Sunderland. Um, Norwich and Preston, not sure. So I'm not even going to try and predict. I'm going to stick with West Brom. And maybe Millwall will hang on to fifth um, as they've got a really, really easy running, uh, Millwall, whereas Blackburn's running is horrible. Um, and West Brom and Sunderland have got play, have got teams who they need to play um, in and around them and Coventry have got us on the final day. So, yeah, who knows where we're going to play and who we're going to go up against in the playoffs. This is the permutations according to Borough's website, so I've not actually read this yet. So it took them over a day, pretty much, to um, yeah confirm this, but... Borough came from Bound, of course, and it was a dramatic finale in the match between Blackburn and Coventry. And it was the last-minute goal that Blackburn conceded, which apparently sealed our top six spots. So a big thanks to Coventry's goalkeeper. Um, so Coventry's goalkeeper Ben, Winsel, uh, ben Wilson bundled home a stoppage time equaliser to earn a share of the points at Ewood Park. And thus ensure that Borough have now bettered last season's seventh-place finish, which of course we know. So, Millwall, Blackburn and West Brom, so the team's 5th, 6th and 7th, um, oh sorry, 6th, 7th and 8th, 6th, 7th and 8th, no they're not, Millwall are 5th, not sure, anyway, Millwall, Blackburn and West Brom, currently in, that should probably say 5th, 6th and 7th, anyway, in a tightly packed table, can each catch Borough's 74 point tally, however, not all three can as the first two have each other to play on the final day, as Blackburn do play Millwall. Borough will have a big say on the final stands at both end of the division, as well as our fate, blah de blah de blah de blah um, So that doesn't really give much away, other than the fact that I guess we can only be caught by two teams. So we can't be caught by Millwall, Blackburn and West Brom. We can only be caught by two of them, meaning that even if Millwall, Blackburn... Millwall, West Brom, Blackburn, West Brom, Millwall, West Brom, whoever it may be, only two of them can actually catch us, so we'd be guaranteed at least sixth either way. So I think that's the way I'm looking at it. Um, I didn't want to be the person who tried to work that out. I think our goal difference being 30 might have had something to do with it as well, as that's pretty much an extra point. But of course, there is only nine points to play for for Borough now, and um, we're nine points clear of Millwall, so they're not catching us. Um, I think it's these two who of course have a game in hand, but even then, 10 points Blackburn, you know, West Brom, um, 11 points back, so I'm still confident Borough will finish third or fourth, and talking of third or fourth, Monday night, Borough head to the team just above them in third, Luton Town, um, thankfully I think the pressure will be off for both sides here, um, both in the playoffs now, this is very much a fight for third, and um, it's... Maybe a potential preview for the playoff final. I don't know. Um, these are definitely the two teams who are tipped to make it to the playoff final. Should both be favourites in their playoff semi, without a doubt. 
And I always said if it was to come to the playoffs, um, Luton would be the one team I'd hate to play in the semis because of the away fixture. And that's what we're going to have here. Luckily, we won't have that. Luton mathematically cannot play us in the playoffs. So it would be the final at Wembley regardless. And um, I'm glad about that, to be honest with you, because Kenilworth Road is a, um, a ground where Borough get absolutely nothing. Um, we lost 3-1 last time. 1-1 before, I think it was yeah, 3-3 before that. Um, Luton are a team we get the better of only at home. Uh, really, and um, it just gives me the jitters a bit, Kenilworth Road, I don't know why, but Borough just never seem to do well there, so yeah, this one I'm not sure on, Borough's form is getting better, Luton's form is very, very, very good, um, albeit they're a better team away from home, this would be a test, both teams have injuries, but I'm going to go with a draw here, I think it's going to be two very good teams, two very different styles, and I think we'll probably have a score draw. I think it'll either be 1-1 or 2-2. And uh, I'd settle for that because I still feel like we could still beat Luton to third as long as we don't lose the game. So I'm going to go with a draw. Um, I think for Borough just to stay in touch with Luton, it should be a, just a must-not-lose. And then we've got two games till the end of the season to see who can finish in third. And you never know, a result here could give a psychological blow over the other when it comes to the playoffs because we, of course, did beat Luton in the reverse fixture at home after we come back from the World Cup. So that is it for this episode of Project Borough, guys. Big win for Borough, huge game on Monday night. And by then, of course, other teams will have played and it'll give us both a good idea of where we will be um, come this result. So fingers crossed we can pick up a result here and a win would be a bonus in my eyes because they are probably one of the top three form sides in the division right now. But uh, that's it for today, guys. If you've enjoyed this video, do hit the like button, subscribe for more, hit the bell too so you never miss an episode. I'll be back after Monday night's game, probably on Tuesday for the next episode of Project Borough as the end of the season gets ever closer. We're nearly there and the playoffs are now completely and utterly sealed. So a big thanks for watching, guys. You all take care. Up the borough. See you guys next time.